everyone. Welcome again to the Iconist podcast, where the icon is, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, as you know, I'm Barry3D for Deep Dark Delicious. Hey. And on my side, as always, is the one and only my co-host, my cousin, my friend, my compadre, the one and only. Oh, that's me. Oh, that's. I'm that guy. I'm that guy. I'm that guy. <laughs> DJ Rothsey. Good evening, good afternoon, and good day. Welcome to Iconist. Good day. Welcome. Dude, you kill me. And, and oh, we are, you, you kill me. And we are so happy to be joined by today by uh, this, this, this comedian, headlining comedian, touring comedian. Um, I met him and, and I performed with him and friggin' hilarious. Uh, the one and only Larry Smith. Larry, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Barry. Good to see you, DJ Rod. <laughs> Good to see you, Mr. L. Oh, yeah. yeah. Larry's in the building. You know, so today is a Thank Barry Larry Rod episode. Guys, it's like Daryl. <laughs> it's like my brother Daryl. It is my other brother Daryl. <laughs> you know what I always say to people who say that? They go, Oh, your name's Larry? Where's Daryl and the other Daryl? I go buried in my backyard with the other people who told me that joke. <laughs> so your yes. name is Mr. Larry, right? That's good day, Mr. Larry. How are you? Yeah, exactly. Would you like would you like would you like something? Would you like something to drink? Thank you, Mr. Larry. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> So that's it. Today, we, as, and, and everyone can see, we're going to be talking about Blue Beetle. And this is why we had Larry on. We were, you know, uh, when I was at the com- one of the comedy shows, uh, me and Larry got to talking about some old school comics, uh, old school comic characters, and characters that don't have a shine, they don't get enough uh, a light or attention on. And we said, okay, got to have them on the show. So nice. before we dive into it, you know what we got to do. We got to do our, our round table of shout outs. So here we go. Uh, for, first and foremost, we have to give it out to the man that makes us look so pretty with all our templates, our logo, and any digital media that you need. You need to reach out to the one and only. Who is it? Jay Bird Digital. Jay Bird Digital Arts. Tell Jason you saw him here. You saw all this work here on the Iconist podcast. You can also see mm. his work uh, with the other show that I'm on called um, A Touch of Grey Comedy. And that's uh, myself, Thomas Patrice, Zolf Ali, and the man who puts it together, Dave Sokolowski. We have over 120 videos still going. Um, so thank you for tuning in there. You know, also another main thing, support the books. You got to support the comic book stores to keep this medium going. So go, go out there and support the books. And two of the stores that are friends of this show is if you're in Montreal, it's Check Swings just off of Tashro Boulevard in Broussard. Or if you get out to Kitchener, then you mm. get out to Wow Comics and, you know, tell them that we sent you. So Check Swings. Tell uh, Trevor we sent you, and if you get up to Wild Comics, then definitely look up uh, Wes and Ramon. They will hook you up with all your needs, be it if it's books, uh, role-playing games, statues, and yada, 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 yada. Yeah. Just a lot of stuff he meant by that. He just meant they got a lot of stuff. They got a lot of stuff, right? Another friend of the show is uh, Jimmy English. So let's give it for him and his podcast, which is Back to the Balcony. So look for the uh, the black mic- black microphone on the red background. He's in season two, mm-hmm. probably going around to season three. And I've been on there a couple of times as a host, not a host, sorry, as a guest. Um, so it's been a, a, a lot of fun. He always brings on comedians to talk about past movies, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly of them, and have a lot of fun. So definitely tune in, check it out. A lot of love on that. And then if you're into your music, like we are into our music, uh, look up Wayne Tennant, and it's Curfew Flowers, you know. And that's his album that's on Spotify. And he's got that single that I like, Vapors. So um, look it up, play it. You know, you might hear Rod playing it somewhere. And if you want to find all the links to everything I talk about, let's make it really simple. Barry3D.com. 
That's what it is. Barry3D.com. You'll find the Instagram, the Facebook, the, the Twitter for Iconis, for my own stuff, live stand-up, everywhere you want to see me. There we go. And, oh, almost can't forget, uh, mm. Paul Ash, Battlecom. Right? That's one of his shows. They talk funny. That's one of his shows. The Love Doctor. That's one of his shows. And, oh, my gosh, what? Paul Ash is also uh, a headline comedian who's all over. And you can see him on TV doing a lot of commercials and showing up on guest spots on certain shows like Ghost. So if you're a fan of Ghost, you've seen Paul. And if you've been on this, if you've seen the show, you've seen Paul. Rod, where Mm. can we find you? You can find me on the internet. On the internet. You know, definitely. (laughs) You can find me on Instagram. Yeah, you can find me on the internet. I'm all over the place. Listen, you can definitely find me on Instagram. You can find me at Mr. Rod C. M-R-R-O-D-C. You can definitely find me on the Twitch. Twitch. Not TV. (laughs) At DJ Rod C. Uh, Facebook, DJ Rod C as well. Listen, I'm all over. You come through Twitch. I play there every, like, couple times a week. Normally, I have a residency, as I would call it, on Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Come through, hail up, and just say, hey, give a shout out. You know, let, let me know that you found me through Iconis. Give me a hail up. Give me a shout out. Yeah, All right. And then tell him to play uh, Saturday Love and don't worry about it. I'll be there. <laughs> and, and, and don't worry, he'll be there. That's my jam. That's his jam. Larry. That's a Craig Jackson song. Right? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Larry, where can people find you when they want to find you? Okay, this is my phone. So bear with me. I I'm on Facebook at uh, Hilarious Comedy. Uh, I have a fan page there, Hilarious Comedy. Now that's Hi, Larry. Ah. It's us. Do a show. So Hi, Larry. Uh, spell it wrong, which is the right way to spell it. And I'm on YouTube at Hilarious Comedy. So nice. that's it. Oh, and I have a website, apparently, at Larry <laughs> Smith Comedy on Wix site. Apparently. Awesome. We will Wix find those links. We will add the links down there's, to there's the bottom a rumor. of this there's... show when we put it up on uh Everybody YouTube. keeps telling me, Larry, you need to go on TikTok. This don't do TikTok. So you can't do TikTok on your laptop, apparently. <laughs> so that's all my electronical stuff. I'm not cool like you guys. Well, man, to well, me, TikTok was just uh, what the sound the clock made, you know, when it was sitting in the kitchen and you're eating supper. I thought huh? Spotify would get a stain out of your shirt. <laughs> nice. Nice. Right? Hey, I got a stain. Put some Spotify on there. Get the spot out. <laughs> See, I do a whole spit on, on how things are mislabeled from Zoom to TikTok to, to Twitch. And all. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a hoot and a riot. And as I said, today, Iconist. The icon is... Blue Beetle. We are talking, I know there's many Mm. Blue Beetles out there. We are going to talk about the Ted Cord Blue Beetle, right? So depending Mm. on how you look at it, he's either the third or second Blue Beetle in the line, and we'll give you some history on that, how people kind of construe that a little bit. (laughs) Well, yeah, there's like a link like with Blue Beetle, there's Mm -hmm. like that Captain America in the 50s thing that happens. Right. Right? Because everybody forgets there was a Captain America in the 50s that they said was Steve Rogers. And then they had to go back and retcon it and mm. make it another guy who got plastic surgery and all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. Right. In Blue Beetle, there was a Blue Beetle who was bigger than all the other Blue Beetles before the Blue Beetle we think of, which is all the Charlton to DC Blue Beetle. Right. Yes. 
Yes. Before that, there was a, okay. The rich. Should I just tell you? Sure. Go right ahead. This is what the show's all about, man. We're talking about okay. it. Let's get into okay. it. Okay. <laughs> Don't hold back. Here's what happens. Guys, Here's what happens. Fox was a big comic book publisher back in the golden age. And in 1939, hmm. he'd put out a guy called Marvel Man and then had to pull Marvel Man because Marvel Man was just basically Superman in a red suit. And just like with Captain Marvel, they sued Victor Fox and said, you can't do that. You're ripping off Superman. Right. So he went, well, we need something. We need something. So they tried to rip off the Green Hornet. The original Blue Beetle in the very first issue had his goggles, but he wore a fedora and had a suit with a scarab on his tie. It was a, it was a complete Green Hornet ripoff. So after the first issue, when they got sued over their fake Superman, they went, Ooh, shit, we better, uh, not do that, not do that. So, um, they, uh, got, um, Will Eisner's, uh, design house. Yes. Because back then, a lot of times a comic company would just hire different studios to complete the comics for them. Right. Right. So Will Eisner's studio was the first studio to do Blue Beetle, which is the Dan Garrett with one T. Yes. That yes. Dan Garrett's origin story is he was away at college and his dad was a cop and his dad got killed by criminals. So on that Dan's dad's deathbed, he vowed to, to end crime. And so he becomes, drops out of college, becomes a policeman. Well, he's a rookie cop on the beat. He meets this pharmacist named Dr. Uh, I forget his name. Anyhow, because uh, I had notes, uh, Dr. Something, uh, who's a pharmacist. Right. Who makes his armor, uh, the blue armor, and mm-hmm. gives him an elixir called X2. And that gives him uh, strength and vigor. Right. Right. And speed and stuff. So he goes out and fights crime. He was so big, he had his own daily comic strip in papers across America, and he had his own national radio show. And that's the Dan Garrett that's a cop and puts on the armor and takes the elixir. Got it. Yes. Victor Fox owed money the Holyoke Printing Company in Holyoke, um, Connecticut. So what they did was they said, you owe us money. And he, and he did this a lot. He went, okay, why don't I just give you all the printing sheets for all the Blue Beetles? Right. And you can print as many Blue Beetle comics for free as you want and stuff. So they did that. But then they, somehow Charlton came in and got all the Blue Beetle sheets and everything off a of Holyoke and because Charlton wanted to run all night because if you turn down a printing press it costs you money yeah exactly mm-hmm. exactly so that's when they printed the comics so they printed reprinted all the original blue beetles Dan Garrett ones then yep. they printed two new Dan Garrett stories at the end of the run two new original ones right right mm-hmm. then Charlton got the character. So all Charlton did was redo the covers and reprint all the Blue Beetle <laughs> Golden Age stuff, which kind of looked outdated and stuff, right? Because right. you're reprinting a comic from 1939 in 19 in the 1950s. Right. So they decided we'll revamp the character. And that's where you get the Dan Garrett with two T's. Who is the legacy to Ted Cord? 
I know it's a long way to get there. No, 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 no. This is what we wanted <laughs> to talk about. Guy, this guy, this um, guy in the 1955, they come up with Dan Garrett, who's this red-haired guy, and he's not a cop. He's an archaeologist. And he goes to Egypt with his girlfriend. And while they're in Egypt, they get waylaid by some bandits, and he ends up in a crypt. It's very... Um, it's very Billy Bats and Captain Marvel from the movie series. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Chris, he's ta- trapped in a tomb. <laughs> the good Pharaoh appears to him Hello. and says, because you have opened the tomb, you're now going to release the bad Pharaoh that wicked Silver Age comics ends up being a giant mummy. So the good Pharaoh says you must take the scarab and you now have the power of the scarab. Suddenly Dan Garrett is wearing, for some reason, red goggles and um, blue chain mail and a scarab belt. And he can now fly <laughs> and he has super strength. Yes, yes. And he beats the hell out of the bad Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. And then they end up sneaking the scarab out of the country and back to the United States of America, where Dan Garrett, as the Blue Beetle, fights all kinds of great Silver Age villains like um, the Praying Mantis Man <laughs> and the Red Scorpion and, and like like the Mad Men and these like great villains. Very right. Silver Age, very like um, Batman in the 50s. Yeah, absolutely, right absolutely. There, right? Yeah. So then what happens is uh, Charlton, they're done. They, they, they've done all these Blue Beetle with the Scarab stories. Dan Giordano, who ends up being a big deal at DC later on, and actually wrote a letter about the original Blue Beetle to the comic book and was printed in the comic book in your letter page, right? right? He comes in, he doesn't like supernatural heroes and he doesn't like guys that are too super powered and they've already got Captain Adam and Charlton. Yeah, so exactly. They don't, need, they don't need another guy who can fly and has super strength and fights crazy villains. Right. He was like this. We need our own Batman. We don't have a Batman. Like, yep. We have a Superman. We don't have a Batman. So he said, he said to Steve Ditko, uh, redesign him. Mm-hmm. So Steve Ditko and the first writer, they, they redesigned him. And he became Ted Cord, the Blue Beetle, and he's this technical guy. He's a millionaire, but he's a genius. Yep. And he runs a te- technical company. What's great is, Kate, they did something brilliant because he was a backup story in Captain Adam. Yes. First four or five times you see him. And what they did, though, that was smart, that people who make superhero movies, I'm trying so hard not to swear, people who uh, (laughs) make superhero movies need to learn this freaking lesson, which is that the Stan Lee school of writing. Start in the middle of action. The very beginning of your story should be the end of the last story. You should be in the middle of something. Your hero should be in the middle of something. Yes. Not static. He should be flying through the air trying to get away from something he just took care of or is taking care of. Right. Right. And then if you want to do his origin, do it in flashback. Well, he's doing stuff in the present as the dude. 
Yes, and, and that's I, what they changed in the copyright. When I saw the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, and I saw the uh, the Spider-Man with the English kid in it, they both annoyed me because I was like, "Oh, we know how Spider-Man becomes Spider-Man." You Thank need you. Two minutes to explain how Spider-Man became Spider-Man, not forty-five minutes of the movie. Yep. Guess what? Guess what? The six-year-old in me don't care about Peter Parker. I don't give a damn about him. Put Spider-Man up there. That's who I want, you know? Well, that's so, when DC kind of kind of um, did it right, because with, with Michael Keaton, right? Right away with that Michael Keaton Batman 89, he's, he's Batman. in the costume. It's like, oh, man, I'm not afraid of the bat. Oh, he automatically shows up in costume. You're like, in a couple of minutes, like, okay. And then they Batman. did his origin somewhat loosely as a flashback, right? So I get you on that one. Right. Like I said, every Fantastic Four movie should start with, hey, you're the idiots who took that rocket up and did blah, blah, blah. Throw it away. You're done. Oh, gosh, yes. Right? Yeah. So anyhow, they the first Blue Beetle adventure in Charlton where it's Ted Cord, the Blue Beetle, you don't even mm-hmm. know it's Ted Cord. It's just the Blue Beetle. Yes. The blue beetle goes after these criminals robbing a bank and he stops them at the end. The bug is sitting on the top of the chimney and here's the coolest thing. This is what sets off what makes the blue beetle the coolest thing is. At the end of it, Ted Cord says, I wonder what Dan Garrett would think about how I'm doing as the blue beetle. Yes. <clears throat> okay, so this blue beetle is related to the other blue beetle, but how? And then you find out in the next issue... Detective Fisher, who's important to my CW series, I'll tell you about way later. Right, right. Preach, brother, preach. Detective Fisher is investigating the disappearance of Dan Garrett with two T's. The archaeologist Dan Garrett, alias the Blue Beetle, because he went off to Pago Island and hasn't been seen since. And Ted Cord returned from Pago Island in a dismantled boat, like in in a bad bad boat and ends up on shore and blah 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 so this fisher's hassling ted court over what happened to dan garrett you find out what happened to dan garrett and by the way his girlfriend ted court's girlfriend who by the way in those comics and i think it's steve ditko did this okay yep she is smart She's super independent. Yep. She can hold her own. Like, this is a three-dimensional woman in the mid-60s. She's yeah, not the partner. Exactly. Not damsel in distress. I need saving, right? And that's right. that's very reminiscent for Steve Ditko. Because if you look at him run in Hawk and Dove, if you look at him with Shade the Changing Man, um, and even with, when he did Spider-Man and all that, he wrote these, he drew the characters, he wrote characters, Doctor Strange. He he wrote them and drew them in a way that it wasn't the typical oh damsel in distress. I, I always laugh about the Ted Cord origin, sorry, the Dan Garrett origin, like you know the archaeologist going over to yeah. Egypt because he went to Egypt. Billy Batson started somewhat with Egypt. If you look at the serials, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Hawkman, Carter Hall, the, you know, right. Um, right? With, with Sharon, you know, from Earth Two to make it clear, the, Egypt archaeologist, Egypt <laughs> reincarnated prince. So everything seems to start in Egypt, right? That's- that's why I used to argue with my friends that the original Blue Beetle, Garrett with the two T's, yeah. the one with the scarab from yeah. Egypt, could kick Superman's ass because the Blue Beetle is super strong. 
because of magic. Yes. Just like how Captain Marvel can kick Superman's ass. Because Superman's magic. And that's Superman's weakness. That's one of his weaknesses besides kryptonite is magic. So, yes, it yes. gives him an upper hand. So what happens to Dan Garrett is Ted Kord's working with his uncle Jarvis. This is done in flashback. Right. Ted Kord was working with his uncle Jarvis at his father's company on a project, but his uncle was kind of keeping him at a distance, giving him different projects to do that he couldn't connect together. Then mm-hmm. there's a lab explosion. In the lab explosion, his uncle dies. It's a comic book. His uncle dies. <laughs> Air quotes. So, after his... Oh, I forgot. I'm supposed to be drawing the Blue Beetle, too. After, <laughs> as his uncle dies, as his uncle dies on the island of Pago, uh, he dies, right? Right, right. Ted right. Cord looks through the wreckage and finds out, I don't think he's dead. And I think he's been putting me on. And what's the deal with with some of this stuff? I need to go to the island of Pago Pago and investigate. So Ted Cord goes to his old college professor, because he took archaeology, I guess, <laughs> as one of his electives. Everybody takes archaeology to get those powers. Part <laughs> you know, scepter from Moon Knight. <laughs> not knowing that Dan Garrett's the Blue Beetle, Ted Cord goes to him and says, look, there's this stuff going on with my uncle i think it's kind of hinky and uh dan garrett himself goes you know looks kind of hinky to me why don't i go to that island with you why mm-hmm. not helps the plot so they go on a boat to this pago island they confront his uncle jarvis who's been building these giant robots like these big robots of course to Take over the world! Yes! Yeah. So, Mr. Jarvis is building robots to take over the world, and anybody who makes fun of that as a plot line, I tell you, screw you. That's no. what I want in a comic book. Absolutely. See, and, so, and, and the whole, you right there for half a second, right? That whole giant robots taking over the world, that brings me back to two points. So that brings me back to the Superman cartoon, the original Superman cartoons mm. back in the day. And one of them was, you know, giant robots that almost turned into planes, would rob stuff, fly it back to this guy's island, the scientist's island. It was little Superman shorts. That's Fleischer. Thank you. Beautiful. Oil paintings that move. It, thank you. Thank you. Right. I've got that on DVD. It's, it's, that's a classic that's overlooked. So that there fits the time, right? So that's one. And then the other one to me is more of a modern take. It's uh, is it Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow. Okay. Yes, I love that movie. Should have been. Everybody's got to stop on yeah. that movie. <laughs> I'm stop a fan of that movie. I wanted a sequel on that movie. I love that movie. I wanted again, a sequel. I love everything Golden Age. I love old movie serials. So that movie to me is yes, yeah. it's a masterpiece. It, it captures it. I think that's a movie that is it, it, it missed. You know, people, it didn't miss the market. It did what it was supposed to do. Um, I'm surprised it wasn't bigger than what I thought it would be. I really wanted more of this character, um, more you know movies. What? People crap on stuff that's beautiful. And that was, hey, it looked beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Angelina yeah. Jolie's character in there. I can't watch a Transformers movie. Maybe it's because I'm 56. Right. <laughs> but it seemed like for some reason for about a decade, mm-hmm. every movie that had a fight scene, it was dark, and it was always this close up. Yep. No, if I want to see a fight, 
I want you to back up from that fight so I can see everything that's exactly. going on. Yeah. And and it's it's the same with that. It's like it yeah. just and I don't know. Then again, I'm an idiot. I love the movie the the Phantom. I love the yep. Shadow. I love the yeah. Spirit. I love yeah. like I I, I I love all kinds of movies that like nobody cares about. I thought the spirit was was great. Well, hold on. Which 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 spirit? The Lexers, the spirit. Yeah, I know. Were you talking the Frank Miller? City looking. Are you talking about the Frank Miller? Wait, no, that's movie? a good question. This this yes, the Frank Miller one. Okay. See, yeah, the I'm, one that looked like Sin City. Right. See, right. I liked how it looked, yeah. but that one, story wise, I think it was a little bit off for me. Right. 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 I like how it looked, but story wise, it was a little bit it. off for me. It's too good of a character. You know, I mean, I, 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 I don't know if it's because I thought it looked too much like Sin City for me to to really get into it. I, right, I just didn't find right. the storyline moved as much as I thought it would with the spirit. That that was and my. Again, I love the spirit comic books. Same here. So yeah, so I think I was just happy they made a movie. I think sometimes with certain fans, you don't care if it's garbage. Even you're like, at least I have it. Look, you know, Larry, I uh, like you. I'm up there, right? I'm, 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 I'm what, 50, 52? Yeah. <laughs> and, and let me, let me just, I had to ch- check my age, right, for half a second. And I have to say this I was lucky when they, when Spider Man in 1977 came out on TV, I held on to it. When Lou Ferrigno was playing the Hulk, I held on to it. You understand? <laughs> because that was the best that we were going to get. When Dolph Lundgren mm-hmm. played the Punisher, I held on to it that because best. that was the best. Kids today don't know how get. lucky they are. You know, yeah. <laughs> the kids today have no idea how good they have it because for us, we were like, okay, he's he's in spandex, he's spinning from one course, swinging from one corner of the building to the other corner. Woo! Okay, we're good. I'm good with that. Take it, take it. His spider web, you know, it looked like a giant, like a thick, thick, thick rope, not like a spider web. And I was like, okay. I'll take it. How about take the it. garbage Captain America in the motorcycle helmet? Oh man, yeah, I yeah, have both yeah, of them yeah, on DVD. <laughs> hated that. You see, I like those ones more than the other one they did where they gave him the rubber suit and he had rubber ears. And they made the red scorpion, uh sorry, sorry, the red uh, the red skeleton, um the red skull. Red sorry, skull. Red skull. skull. Yeah, mm-hmm. they made the red skull uh, Italian. He was Sicilian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, see, I, I couldn't get into it. Yeah, yeah, red. Yeah. You know why? Because they didn't make the comic book. Yeah, that's yeah. the lesson that some people don't learn. No, no, it's all there. Make it. Actually, yeah. guess what? If you want to, it's already been storyboarded for you. Too. Exactly, you it's really all storyboarded. See, just remake the issue. That's it. See, look, the first Captain America movie. Right, uh, with Rebel, um, I liked it. Okay, even though he didn't have on the true Captain America costume. At the end, though, they put him in the true Captain America costume, and then he had that for the second movie. And I was all about those two movies. I thought it was hilarious, and it had some good action. It was the other one they made where you know the Red Skull is Sicilian. <laughs> I'm like, really? <laughs> but yeah, but getting back, with the, and that's it with the Blue Beetle. This character, as I think, has been he's got so- a lot of history. They fight the giant robots. Yes. While they're fighting the giant robots, Mm -hmm. Dan Garrett realizes they're screwed. The only thing he can do is risk Ted Cord and his uncle knowing his identity. He pulls the scarab out. 
puts it on, becomes the blue beetle, defeats the robots, but this causes uh, a few ruptures and equipment and things like that on the islands. The island's going to blow up, the whole lab's going to go, and just as, and Dan Garrett's mortally wounded. He knows he's not going to make it out of here. Mm -hmm. So he says to Ted Cord, because Ted Cord's apologizing to him, and this is important character-wise. Yeah. Ted Cord says, when, when Dan Garrett says, take this scarab and be the Blue Beetles, the Blue Beetle will live on. Ted Cord goes, how can I not? This is partially my fault. Mm -hmm. He helped, unknowingly, but he helped build these robots. He brought yeah. Dan to this island. Yep. Ted Cord is a guy who is always struggling with living up to responsibility. That's the whole plot point for the Blue Beetle, is am I as good as Dan Garrett? Yes. Because this this why he's my favorite hero. Okay. Dan Garrett goes to give him the scarab. There's an explosion. The scarab goes missing. It's buried in the rubble. Ted Cord's already made the promise. Mm -hmm. I will be the Blue Beetle. When he gets back to the States, he's like, how can I do this? I don't have the magic scarab. He goes, I'll use my brains. So yep. he builds the bug, which is his uh, giant uh, hovering uh, airship. Yep. Airship, yeah. He repels from. It's great, right? So he builds the bug. He builds his BB gun, right, yep. which uh, shoots light and sound. It can, and yes. it can also uh, do a thing that will disorient you. It's kind of like a sonar and uh, an audio gun. And, and, he, and he builds the suit which is bulletproof and everything and the goggles with the stuff built into them and everything. Yeah. And he goes out and fights crime. And this is why I think he's really, really cool because his origin is a legacy. Yeah. Right. He's, one earlier, he's one of the earlier, he's one of the earlier legacy characters we get. Right. Now imagine this. Okay. This is what cracks me up. One, Ted Cord's better than Superman because he goes out and does it and he has no powers. Mm -hmm. Yep. He's better than Batman because he's not going out to do it for his own selfish need for vengeance. No. Batman needs to go out and fight crime to get over his parents' death. That's why he does it. Yep. Right? Yep. I swear to saw my parents' life. Ted Cord could have said the guy's dead. He took the magic scarab with him. He'll probably understand that I can't be the blue beetle. Right? Yeah, and he could have walked away. Right. And what did he say? No, I'll figure out a way to get it done. And I'll do it. And he and did. So that's, that's, that's the Charlton character. So and in the Charlton stories, he fights great supervillains and stuff. But what's really cool is, just like on the TV show The Fugitive, Ted Cord is constantly hounded by Detective Fisher about where is Dan Garrett. Right. He's investigating through all the issues. The murder of Dan Garrett. He's sure Ted Cord knows something. And mm. Trudy's always running interference for Ted. Yes. And when Ted screws up and shit, she brings him up again. Yeah, exactly. Right? And it's just, I, I don't know. I just think it's a great, even just in the Charlton years, that's that's a lot of 
story and good stuff there. It doesn't age. That's the thing. You can take that story from and, and do you it now. You can do it better today because of our technology. Imagine the stuff Ted Corp Correct. would have. Yes. Right. Yes. And right. you touched on Imagine that. nanobots that look like beetles. Right. They, and they touched on it. And I mean, just to give people listening to the show. So just to let you know, the, the Blue Beetle, you know, his first appearance, right, was 1939. Like, 39. Yeah. And, and character has still been around up to today in different variations. You know, and I'm talking to, not Ted Court. I'm talking the very first Blue Beetle. So I'm going with Blue Beetle himself. Been around since 1939. And here we are, you know, 2022. And the character is still talked about, still represented, still there. Um, and, and, and it's always been passed now. Of course, there's been retcons. There's been, you know, different people carrying the mantle, but it's one of the first legacy characters we've had, you know, from that date because mm-hmm. every other character didn't have a legacy, right? At the time, if you look at that time frame, it was Batman. Okay. He had Robin. He never passed. He, every hero had a sidekick or right. a younger version of themselves. They didn't pass Blue it on. Beetle to had a sidekick in World War II. Okay, I missed that one. He did? A kid named Sparky Sparkington. Sparky was, Sparkington? Uh, because Blue Beetle during World War II, I forgot this, the original Dan Garrett with the yes. one B, the formula dude. Right. Email, right? He, when World War II broke out, because he started in 39, when, the Amer- when America entered World War II, Blue Beetle offered his services to the government. And he fought during World War II overseas for the government. There's even a Blue Beetle issue where he punches Hitler because Captain America can do it. Blue Beetle could do it. We need an issue where he punches Hitler. So right. there's an issue where Blue Beetle punches Hitler. But he ends up in England while he's thwarting a plot by some saboteurs. A right. young British kid named Sparkington sees him, knows that Dan Garrett's the Blue Beetle. So the I learned Blue today. Beetle to keep his secrecy makes him his sidekick. So during World War II, they 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 fight the Nazis together. Okay, see, I didn't even know that. I learned today. See, so it's not the fact that I know everything. That's the beauty of this thing. This is the beauty of the, the show, the beauty of uh, of everything there. It's like I, we, we constantly learn. There's always something. I'm just going by the, the notes they, I had and uh, and saw. So, and that's why I like this is his legacy. So he had a, so he did have a sidekick. But he's still in World early... War II, the original Dan Garrett with the one T yeah. had a sidekick. Because right. that was the thing, right? World War II comics, right? Um, um, uh, Flaming Torch had uh, Toro. Yes, yes. Right? Yeah. Um, Aquaman had, Aqual, uh, had Aqualad. Uh, Aqualad. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And uh, Captain America had Bucky. Like So, right. of course, Fox stole everything. Victor of course. <laughs> okay, he just was, he saw something that was working. Put that must have it. So he said, mm. "Oh well, they got a they got a sidekick. Oh, get us a sidekick." So they had a sidekick. <laughs> well, that's what but, it is. Um, like, you got a sidekick. We got a sidekick. You know. Yeah. So you I was going to say the reason that um, Blue Beetle ended up at DC Comics was because of uh, Dick Giordano, because he'd had so much to do with the success. Of those uh, Charlton uh, superhero line, right? That was Sorry. really his, no problem. That was his baby. Was mm-hmm. was um, Peacemaker? Yes. Uh, uh, Nightshade, uh, Captain Adam, 
Yep. Blue Beetle. The question. The question. Way, another huge one. The question. The question was a backup story in the Blue Beetle title. When Blue Beetle got his own title and right. left Captain Adam, the question was a backup story yeah. in the Blue Beetle. And that's why the Blue Beetle and the question teamed up together every once in a while. Yeah, but see, that was smart because I know they brought in those characters and they also had in uh, Judo Master. Now, we know John Cena did do the Peacemaker that thing and they brought in Judo Master and they brought their variation, their, their version of yeah, it in there. See, and it's nice to see. I was a kid who grew up on uh, Lang Street in Hamilton, Ontario. So right. I didn't have a ton of money for comics. So I'm one of the kids who, when I was a kid, I bought Charlton comics. Yeah. Okay. Because they were cheaper. Yes, they were. And yeah. they had some good properties too, because not and I only fell that, in love with the Blue Beetle, right. not through his comic books, but there was always an ad with the Blue Beetle repelling from that yes. box on the ad sheet in my Tiger Man from Atlas comics. Yes. Like, like, like and I was like, ah, who is this guy? Ah, oh, <laughs> from the ship with the thing, and he's got the, oh, the gun and the, oh, I got an old man. You see, and that's what it fits, because I know with Charlton Comics, I was a fan of them because <laughs> I like Blue Beetle. I like the other characters they did, but they also did TV properties. So they did the Bionic Man, you know, comic book. You Space know, they did Space 1999. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Oh, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I was into both those shows, so I would buy those comics to have them. Them and Gold Key. Remember Gold yes. Key did all the Star oh. Trek and Twilight Zone? Yes. And, 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 and all that stuff. Oh, yes. yeah. And all the Pink Panther and oh, all the man. TV properties. A lot of them were Gold Key. Charlton bought, uh, uh, did a lot of the stuff, too. Yeah. That's um, what I'm surprised that Charlton actually went out of business because they did have like a lot of properties to their names and like the artwork they did for the the bionic man you know because they didn't care about what they were doing no and that's it a problem. was just a reason it was honest to god just a reason to run the presses at night right that's what like their issues didn't come out regular no like mm. you know what kept the blue beetle alive too is fandom yeah fandom because they came up with a magazine called charlton bullseye Yes. Which was a fan magazine for people who missed and loved Charlton comic books. And a lot of people redid, like, did actual Blue Beetle stories and printed them, like, in Charlton Bullseye. Because that became, like, a before the internet, yeah. a place where a comic book person who couldn't get Marvel or DC to publish their stuff, they could send it to Charlton Bullseye and they'd go, if it's good enough, we'll print it. Yep. Cool. You know, so that's why a lot of guys did um, Blue Beetle, who DC turned into a joke, which pissed off Len Wynn, who's a great DC writer. Yeah, with reason. When 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 um, Blue Beetle went to DC, right? Yeah. They bought him as a gift for Dick Giordano. They bought him all those Charlton characters. They bought mm -hmm. the rights to all those characters specifically to go, welcome to DC Comics. We got the characters that you were so influential with. Right. So he gave it to Len Wynn, and Len Wynn did a whole run of Blue Beetle. Yeah, because Blue Beetle had another 24-issue run with DC Comics. Yeah. Yeah. And it, they treated Ted Cord with respect. And yes, they, they did. treated the character with respect. Yeah. And it was an excellent, fantastic, well-rounded comic book character. And then... The guys at the guys at um, uh, Justice League. Oh my gosh! So yeah, 
Well, even and before they then, turned so they into a joke. Well, that's it. And even before then, so they had his own uh, writing issues, and then he had um, he saw Ted Cord, Captain Adam, and all of them show up in Crisis of Infinite Earths. Where they really That's what really introduced him, and he's cool in that book. He was. George Perez did a wonderful job drawing him, you know. Uh, and, and the character's portrayed as a kick-ass character. character. Yes, yes, he is. And why, would it, why, the, why out of all the Charlton characters right. do you pick Blue Beetle to represent them in the Crisis on the Infinite Earths? Because Ted Court is the coolest Charlton character. Right. He was the main character for them. And, and then, I love the question, but you know what? No. Without question, Ted Cord is a <laughs> character. Right. And then when they put him in Justice League, and I mean, don't get me wrong, I like that. I mean, as a comedian, as a person with a sense of humor, I like what they're doing with the Justice League run, you know? And at first, the first couple of issues, I was, okay, it was a little bit more lighthearted. I like they had I was Guy Gardner. to see him. Yeah, he was on there. He, and he wasn't, he wasn't the butt of the joke. He just liked a good joke, right? So he was there when Batman punched out Guy Gardner, and it's like, oh, Black Canary, you missed it. And she was like, what? And he's like, ha, 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 ha. But he would still be a serious presence on the team as a fighter, as a thinker, you know, Mm -hmm. um, as a we're around the same age, you'll get this. When that comic first came out, Justice League, the very first one, the new one, right? Yeah. That one, the Geffen one, right? I'm like, okay. I can start collecting this from issue one. Right. This would be wicked. And I really enjoyed it. The whole Gray Man uh, storyline that they had. And stuff. Mm-hmm. It's great. I really loved it. Some of the Max Lord stuff, which will come in later. In yeah, Blue right, Beatles right. Stuff, I liked. But then it got to be, I'm like, it's too silly. I don't want a sitcom. I want a comic mm-hmm. book. Well, right. that's you guys it. have lost the narrative. You've lost the thread. Yes, they did. Because with the whole, when they put them with, together with uh, Booster Gold. Booster. That, yeah, that and it was cool. blue and gold. Yeah. They made the two of them, like Booster Gold was somewhat seen as a, a lighthearted character, as a joke at times, right. even in his own series. But when they put him and Ted together, I was like, oh no. And then at one point, you know, Blue Beetle and Booster Gold are opening a resort in some island, you yeah. know, and it goes and like belly up. The storyline where they were making him, he's getting fat. And I'm like, yeah. no, Ted Cord, Ted Cord is trained in the martial arts. Ted Cord is an Olympic level athlete. Yes. Ted Cord did not only build gadgets and the bug and the suit to fulfill Dan Garrett's legacy. Mm-hmm. He also worked on himself. Yeah. You know? Oh, by the way, Dan Garrett shows up again twice. Eh? Yes, because he gets continuity. resurrected by the scarab. Not the DC continuity. No, no, the America, uh, America comics. American comics. Who yes, right. Worse than that, where and one of Jarvis's androids takes on the persona of the original Blue Beetle and comes back and kicks the crap out of Ted Cord before Ted Cord realizes it's a robot, and then the ghost. Of Dan Garrett is a bug, fires a laser, and blows up the robot. Wow. Touche, sir. Touche. Yes. <laughs> and then in DC Comics in the Blue Beetle, Dan Garrett comes back because yep. apparently the Scarab is evil and it possess, eventually possesses whoever owns it and fills them with vengeance. 
So right. he comes back and wants to kick the crap out of Ted Court, and then Ted Court ends up destroying the scarab and yeah, exactly. And 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 you know what? I like the aspect of being I know they retconned it to it's kind of the scarabus from alien outer space, but I like the, <gasps> Yeah, I like the original. I like it with the magic to it, the to, Egyptian lore to it. I they could have definitely done more with it. To all your listeners, I apologize when I say this, but when a man my nephew and I, who's twenty seven, talk mm-hmm. about comic books, he mm-hmm. knows to refer to that character as not the blue beetle to me. And it's only got to do with the fact of the scarab from outer space garbage because he's a legacy hero. What they Mm -hmm. should have done was had Ted Kord pass on his legacy of the bug and the suit and the gadgets to somebody else. And they almost did that. You know that they were talking at DC about Ted Kord handing the mantle to Jason Todd? No. I did not. Can you imagine if Ted Cord had a said to Jason Todd, why don't you take on my legacy instead of Batman's? I need someone to continue the Blue Beetle for me. <laughs> and he <laughs> gave that stuff to Jason Todd. Wouldn't that have been amazing? Wow. That would have been a totally different, obviously, right? But what I mean by that is for the character, that might have been some redemption because Jason Todd is very dark since he's come back and he's taken on the right. mantle of the Red Hood and, or the Arkham Knight if you play the Arkham Knight video games. And with Jason Todd taking on the Blue Beetle, it would have lightened him up a little bit. It would have not made him so like Punisher-ish, angry yeah. all the time. Right. It would have definitely uh, redeemed us all. Yeah. You know, I, I just, I, he's such a legacy hero. I'm like, it should have continued on. And it feels like the new Blue Beetle is just a guy who's called the Blue Beetle and has a scarab. But that's the only connection. That's it. And once again, they retconned it. So be retconned. It's not the same to me. Uh, I think the original Blue Beetle should still carry on, you know, somewhat how it is. And, and I mean, there's so much more we can go with the character. But here's, and I know you mentioned something before. So here at this point, we try to figure out if we had to cast this character in a live action show right or movie or or any kind of medium you know i know you say you have a person larry i've got a person rod you've got a person rod who who would you see play blue beetle rod did you do you have a person in mind you know what i had i had someone in mind and then when i looked into that particular person then i started to realize yeah you're you're already being used although not in the world of dc he's a marvel he's a marvel person um so i couldn't use him but just, just okay. I I don't know. Like you know, you know, when we get to that particular point of, of a person, so I had to, you know, I'll even say who that person is. Sure. So I had to, I had to. But my original thought process for that person was uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Aaron who Taylor is Johnson. That? Aaron Taylor Johnson is we not first. We were introduced to him earlier on in a in um in a suit from Kickass. So he's he's the he's the main he's the main lead for Kickass. Oh, oh okay okay. He's okay, also gotcha. right. So he was all, and he's also, and I forgot, he's already, he's already in the Marvel universe. That's Quicksilver. Yes, in the Avengers movie, he plays Quicksilver. In the Avengers movie, he plays Quicksilver, and he's now to be uh, Craven. Yeah. So I was like, I, I, I can't pull from Craven. I can't pull from Craven per se. Right. You know. 
So with that, then I was looking and I came across, um, I don't know if you ever watched this movie. I watched uh, I Am Number Four. I don't know if you ever saw saw that. This is Alex Pettifer. Okay. I Am Four was basically like a, a a humanoid alien refugee who was basically on the run. He was on Earth basically. So at least in this regard, he's this character has you know developed power. Didn't realize that he has powers. He just knew he was on the run, but you know from a you know from a different from a different galaxy you know, different planet, that type of scenario, and he's hiding on an Earth with a guardian, but he has superpowers. So basically, he has powers growing out of his arm, his hands, and everything like that, you know, repel and stuff along that line. So I was going with this oh, particular person. Okay. Oh, you re- you might remember who it is now. I you just might, you might think. Yeah. Right, I am four. So, so with that, he was, um, you know, so he already has the, the persona, he's already has the acting chops to be athletic, to be superhero- type of you know mindset so that type of action and you know you know this is how you got this is your character is gonna have to be a superhero and you know how you know how to conduct yourself in that particular manner of being a righteous person versus being a villain or anything like that slight as well i don't know if you ever saw it i came across this years ago on amazon um let's go back to it uh the stormbreaker alex Ryder. So right. he, in earlier days, he played that particular, you know, another like a British actor. He's a British actor, but I mean, playing like a like a young James Bond type of character. So I'm now going in that from that time frame, he was um, a smart individual. So I was I was trying to pull from that aspect that, OK, you have, have the ability. If you play someone who's, you know, who's intellectual, who's very intelligent, who can be a genius and how to, you know, portray that as yeah. well as being a person. Who is now saying, okay, well, we need you to do some fight scenes and stuff like that. Do you think you can handle that? Yeah. I think I know how to flip off of, you know, a jumping board and be able to look like I'm a landing safely, <laughs> you know, yeah. and giving that, you know, doing the, the, um, the like tripod the, the, land. The, the, the tripod land, you know, just, just like exactly like that Deadpool. It's the finishing move. It's the finish. It's the yeah. Loving it. Good on the knees. Good on the knees. Good on the knees. So, so my choice would be Alex Pettifer. Okay. Okay, I can see that. I can see that. And it's funny because, and I'll get to you in a second, Larry. So who I had here, when I look at him, the guy I picked, he's got a very similar look. Holy crap. Okay, so you went with Alex. (laughs) I went with an actor named uh, Ryan Pavey. Right? So his last name is spelled P as in Peter, A-A, V as in Victor, E-Y. Right? So, you know, Ryan Pavey, he's done a lot of Hallmark movies, and he was in um, uh, General Hospital. Okay. Right? So he's on the ABC's you know, General Hospital, and he's been doing that for a while. And if you look at him, like he's got the height that like, he's like six foot something, like six foot one, mm-hmm. but he's got that charming he's got that chisel, he's got that chisel chin, charming smile. And what I liked about it, and I go a little bit different, right? Everyone thinks that they got to take these heroes, got to be gruff and tough and, and all that. But, you know, you've got to have charm in your personal life to kind of get past it. you got to have kind of charm to stay with the character. Now, with this character being a legacy character, Ted Cord, mm-hmm. he's not going to be out there as dark as Superman. You, he, I'm sorry, as Batman. He's not going to be as aloof or standalone or stand, you know, um, distant as Superman or Clark Kent is to certain people because he mm-hmm. didn't want to get discovered. I wanted someone that's going to be a little bit more charming because the way I see it is, it, as you know, it would have to be, if it's going to be a movie, then it has to have the same feel as what we said before of like, you know, Sky Captain in the world of tomorrow, 
mixed like, with the original mummy. I want that kind of pacing to it. Yeah. I want that little bit of lightheartedness to it, to like the original mummy with Brandon Fraser um, and, and that cast, you know, so I want that kind of action comedy pacing to it. You know, sometimes he has a hard luck situation hero. Other times he's on top of everything going on and he does amazing things. And you're like, Whoa. And I think this actor with that style of movie that's written and shown that way, would work well as a movie or as a, a series, mm-hmm. you know, but it's got to have, I don't want it to be the typical, um, you know, series where it's going to be, you know, like how Arrow was and all that, right? I wanted to have a, you know, he's got to have a different take. He can't be too lighthearted. You don't want him to be a joke. I don't want him to be like overly no. adult humor, like how uh, Peacemaker was. I mean, I like Peacemaker, but you know, that wouldn't fit Blue Beetle, him to be that raunchy. He's not a raunchy joker, right? He, he right. He's, he's a charming joker, you know, to a certain degree. Uh, and I'm not saying that he's always pulling jokes and pulling gags, but he, he's more of a lighthearted person. He's, he's suave. So it's got to have that kind of, you know, that noir feel, noir film you feel to it. You can't be a genius and not be witty. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. That's it. Look at Ray yeah. Palmer. Look look right, look how they right. portray Ray Palmer like yeah yeah but he, so he's that's, too, that's he's one. too you know goofy goofy in the CW like Ray Palmer yes. in the, he's yeah. too goofy goofy he's like yeah he's like no I like them more when that actor when Brandon Rolfe played Superman on yes. in the CW right I liked when he did the this, the darker version of Superman that was perfect to me and I think that's mm-hmm. how I wish he would have played Ray Palmer a little bit closer to yeah, I love all the CW shows okay yeah. Understand, when I say this, I love all the CW shows. Uh-huh. Sometimes I have to remember that network is for people in their late teens and early 20s. Yes. That network <laughs> is not for 56-year-old Larry. Got it. So they're going to do some stuff that I'm going to go, well, that's kind of goofy. Why are you making that character right. goofy? That's all it is. You know, like, it's funny. On the other side, I was like, why is Oliver Queen so damn down? Well, he's Batman. <laughs> he's yeah. close to you get the Batman without being Batman. Be a Batman, yeah. Right, Correct. exactly. And, you know, and that's a whole story, story in itself. Because in the comic books, to me, the joke was that Oliver Queen was Batman if he'd had a sense of humor and a sense of adventure. Well, that's it. Batman had a cave. Green Arrow had a cave. You know, you got yeah. a sidekick. I got a sidekick. You got a car. Yeah, I got a car. You got a Batmobile. I'm as ridiculous as it is. I'm building an Arrow car. Exactly. Yeah. He had the arrow car, the arrow plane, the arrow cave, right? He wanted to be Batman. So, you know, I can see where that similarities come in at times, but he wasn't as dark as Batman. And they always play on this whole kind of rivalry, you know, but mm-hmm. the actor here, Ryan Pavey, I think he would do a good job because he would bring something different that we've never seen, you know, or not haven't seen too much in a leading superhero show um, to date, right? And I think mm-hmm. it would it'd be witty. But it has to have, I want it, it can't be overaction. It can't be over dark. I want it written just like The Mummy. It's got to have that same feel, at, writing wise, at The Mummy with Brandon Fraser. And it's got to have that, and I want it to have that look, a more of that look of Sky Captain in the world of tomorrow. You put those wow. two together, we'll be good. Good. <laughs> in color. Sky <laughs> Captain in the world of tomorrow. Yes. But because it's Blue Beetle. Yeah. Make the colors. colors vibrant. Yes. Because his most notorious villains were a gang of mercenaries called the Madmen. Yes. 
And they were like fright wigs and they were painted all kinds of bizarre colors. It looked like somebody had dumped paint on them. Right. And I'm like, I'm like, that's what's kind of cool about Blue Beetle is its vibrance. It's why most of us fell in love with them through an ad, not as exactly. common. One picture and you went, that Man. dude. That's it. He's out in daylight fighting criminals where Batman only comes out now more at night. He, he's really out there in daylight with a flying bug and, and you know, the blue and different shades of blue for the character. That he has yes, no blue beetle, no owl man, no watchman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> influence, influence, influence. That's, that's exactly what it is. It's the influence going further and further down and that's where this character shows it. So that, that's my take on it. So Larry, what, what is your take? How would you like to see this come to oh, life? you have? Do you okay. have anybody? If it's a movie. Got it. Okay. If it's a movie, and right. hear me out on this one, okay? Yeah. Everybody I wanted to cast is too old. Mm -hmm. I can't cast Scott Bakula. If it was a young Scott Bakula, he'd be an amazing Blue Beetle. So True. would Nathan Fillion. Nathan mm. Fillion, a Ooh. younger Nathan Fillion, would be the ultimate Blue Beetle. Touche. Okay. Perfect. Perfect blue beetle. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. In a movie, two very different guys. And it'd be two very different takes. But one would be chatting, ch chatting, chanting Tatum. Ch oh, chanting Tatum. Yes. Chanting Tatum. Yes. Okay. Okay. Because, okay. because yeah. he, knows, he knows how to play serious. Yep. And he's good looking enough to be in a superhero movie. Yep. Yeah, and he's in shape enough without being Arnold Schwarzenegger. I like my superheroes to be shaped yeah. like basketball players and baseball players before steroids, not not the roided <laughs> out stuff that happened in the nineties and the early two thousands. I like right. my heroes to look like they could button their own shirt. <laughs> so him, but you know, okay. I'm with you. I'm with Sebastian you. Sebastian Stan. Wow. Wow. Okay, okay. Because he could play debonair, debonair, cool guy, inventor, yep. genius. My dad's a genius, too. That's why there is a court industries. My uncle was a genius before he went crazy. I could see him playing Ted Cord as well as Blue Beetle, if you catch my drift. Okay. Wow, okay. Because you need, you need somebody who can be Ted Cord. Yes. Blue Beetle. It's why most people ruin Superman. Because they can play opinion, one, but they can't play the other. Him now on the CW. Right. And George Reeves from the 50s. Right. Mm -hmm. Those are the only two guys to get Superman right because they know how to play Clark Kent, like a guy who just blends into the scenery, not a bumbling idiot or a clutch or a moron. Yes. Yes. That draws attention to yourself. Right. Clark Kent's just supposed to be if Plain. there's eight guys standing in a group, you'll notice that guy because of his mole. You'll notice that guy because he's loud. I don't remember the sixth, seventh, and eighth guys. Clark would right. be in that group. Yep. Right? He doesn't do anything to draw attention to himself. But I'm like Ted Cord. Ted Cord has to be he has to be a guy who can come across as that debonair I run. I'm the CEO of a company, but he also has to be down to earth enough to be the guy who would make a promise to a dying guy, knowing that it was going <laughs> to be a pain in the ass to do it. Yeah. Nice. nice. You know, 
But if it was on TV, okay, and I don't know the actor's name. This came to me while you were talking. Mm-hmm. It was on TV. The guy who plays Agent Wexler on the blacklist. I'll find out. Yeah. He's he that character, the FBI agent he plays. It's and he's got those superhero looks. Certain people I see on TV, just I look at them and I go, Yep, I could put you in a hood. Yep, I could put you in goggles. Yep, you could pull that off. He's it just you need somebody. Ted Cord has to seem down to earth. Yes, he does. Exactly. He has to be connected. But without that's why said he's got to have some charm. He also has to seem like a guy who grew up with money. Well, that's it. Because his dad founded Cord Industries. Ted Cord did not grow up poor. No. No, you know, no. You know, you know, that's that's why I think he would have been able to build the bug and all that stuff because he wouldn't think twice about spending money on building stuff i'm like if you went like when i say you would make a great cw show it's because of that one the legacy mm-hmm. two yes. that crazy character three the plot of fisher constantly trying to find out what ted court that would be the whole first season would be this cop to- totally just bugging the <laughs> hell out of ted court trying to find out what happened to dan garrett Chasing him down constantly. No, and that then that works because even the first season, second season, that can go on because I'll show you the first season, him trying to figure it out. Second season, maybe Blue Beetles winning him over. And you can still bring honest. a flashback of Dan Garrett coming back resurrected. Dan Garrett was walking down the street and the cop was like, wait a minute, I thought you were dead. That's a whole couple Dave of parts. Wins great Blue Beetles story off right when it was about to kick into something that could go on forever because at the end of the Blue Beetle issues that Len Wen did, he, he, Fisher comes to Blue Beetle and says, Ted Court, I know you're the Blue Beetle. Here's some case files. These are people that I investigated and they only got off because of the court system and because of bribes and things. Maybe you can take care of these problems for me. So I'm like, that's the end of a season on a TV show. Come on, yes. you know that is. So you go, oh, next year they're going to be working together and he's going to give them files. And- of course. It, 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 ah, it writes itself, man. It, it writes itself. I'm still looking up the agent here. Uh, uh, agent wrestler. Here we go. Uh, no, 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 no. Where's, I just want to find the actor who's playing him. But I get you 100% on that one is because that, and that's what I mean. It's, it's, you can do Ted Cord from his promise. You can do him with the, you know, the officer trying to figure out what happened to Dan Garrett and that whole kind of tension and where it's going to come out. You can do a resurrection kind of thing right. of Dan Garrett and, and bring it back. Are you ready? Hit Everybody watching that show. Uh-huh. This is when you get to do a big episode. Everybody watching that show will be waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting until the question shows up. Right? If you tease it and tease it and tease it and then you have the question show up, that opens the door to people going, is this a Charlton universe? Is this Hub City? If Thank it's you. Hub City, the Blue Beetle lives in Hub City. Right. So this is the question. Well, if they're in Hub City, is Nightshade around? Is Captain Adam like, like going to show up in an episode? And you know what? And you can bring in Captain Adam before he even has his powers. Mm. Yes, yes. Well, right. that could be a whole three-episode 
thing. You can bring <laughs> you them know? in and just tease a, the actor that, you know, okay, this is this is the guy who, and everyone will know, if you, especially with in fandom today, you bring in and say, okay, this is Captain Soul. They're like, wait a minute, isn't that supposed to be? <gasps> okay, okay. And people are going to hold on to see, does the explosion happen? Does he get his power? Are you going to give him right. his first appearance classic costume before right. he gets the retcon costume? And, and go from that. That, that there... We're good. We're it, it, it and, and Charlton Universe, a DC subsidiary Charlton Universe fans would eat it up. Yeah, well, it's Hub City, right? Yeah. Everything in the Charlton Universe happens in Hub City. Yes. So I'm like, and this always drove me nuts. They have dropped little. Maybe you'll see the Blue Beetle hints in 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 like TV shows, like Smallville. Yep. Yeah. yeah, small mention it, it, you on, know, quick they mention. They did it on Arrow. They did it on Arrow. They yep. talked about Cord Industries all the freaking time. They yep. brought up the fact that, oh, I think your dad, Oliver, I think your dad was, oh, he was at one of those Ted Cord fundraisers. And I'm yeah. like going, and all the seasons and all the CW shows, you've never brought the Blue Beetle. Are nope. you kidding me? Nope. In Smallville, they brought in, they brought in Booster Gold. And I'm like, okay, if you got one, you could bring in the other one. And I'm like, come on. And nope. <laughs> See, and you can do the Charlton characters because you can have more fun with them. Exactly. You can just use them as a skeleton. It's not like Batman or Superman where there's so much canon. Everybody gets upset if you go a millimeter away from mm-hmm. the road. You're right, you know right, what I mean? But right. at Ted Cord, you can go, hey, we want to give him a goofy assistant for some comic relief. That wasn't in the comics, but why don't we do that? You can do that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot he, of room for totally interpretation. He's totally the retcon hero. He's totally the hero that got passed around from people to people because people went out of business. Exactly. But when you think about it, he got sold by Victor Fox because Victor Fox owned Holy Open Money. Yep. Holy Oak right. handed him off to Charlton because they owed Charlton money. Yep. Charlton went under, and to make money to pay off their creditors, they sold the characters to DC. Yeah. Because I'm going to tell you this. DC Comics only purchases heroes. They don't create nothing. Marvel (laughs) creates stuff. DC buys other people's stuff. (laughs) Aside from Superman and Batman and a handful of others, everything they own, they got from somewhere else. It's true. Captain Marvel. They got through a lawsuit. They got they got uh, all the Charlton characters. They got all the quality characters. Plastic Man was in police comics back in the day. He wasn't yes. a DC character. They stole all kinds of DC characters. They had a budget. But see, I found the guy yeah, you're talking about. about. This in the legacy of Blue Beetle. Mm-hmm. Who was his first artist as Ted Court? Steve Ditko. So that, that puts him in line with. Spider-Man, yep. Doctor Strange. Yep. Right? You guys are frozen up. Oh, there you okay, go. We're back. Yeah, are we? You okay. know, and, and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, but but that blew my mind. Like, like I'm like, that makes him a legacy hero. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're saying like Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, I mean Steve Ditko, yeah. Hawk and Dove, the Creeper. Um, you know, Creeper. he's he's drawn. All these shade the changing man, as we said. There's a list that Steve Ditko has done, you know, uh, before. And you know, the debate is who drew the hands like this first? Was it Doctor Strange or was it Spider Man? But it both were Steve day, Ditko. Jack Kirby, Jack, Kir- Jack Kirby drew Blue Beetle. Yeah. Like, there's Jack Kirby artwork of Jack Kirby drawing the Blue Beetle. 
You, you know what I mean? Like that's amazing. I, I, I'm, you know, and I'm one of those corny guys that I always like the underdog. I think that that's why I love Blue Beetle. I think it's why I like Captain Marvel better than I like Superman. Mm-hmm. Done right, you know, it could be. It could be done well. Batman. That's what I always tell people. I'm <laughs> sorry. I know Batman is like you know. Oh, you into basketball? Yeah, I love the Lakers. Why? Well, I just picked that because. Right, right. Love the Lakers. I mean, I, I love right? Batman, but there's so much more characters that we got to shine a light on for. So I'll, I'll say this. I know that the... Did you ever see you him on uh, Brave and the Bold? Pardon me? Did you ever see, did you ever see the episode um, yes, I did. of uh, Batman and Blue Beetle? Yes. The two of them together? Yep. That was amazing because the punchline was everybody's always impressed with this fisticuffs. No, no. It's all about being prepared. Because they managed to take out the bad guys with nothing but gadgets. And the whole time, all they're having is conversation about how did you get over the problem of your of your uh, sleep bombs going off on your belt? Like Blue Beetle goes, sleep bombs? Yeah, and he goes, I couldn't get over the problem of them exploding on my belt. They're talking shop. Try this. Yeah, yeah. They're talking shop. That's what, and I said to a buddy, he said, you're going to talk about the Blue Beetle? And I went, dude, combine the, combine Combined Fox for Batman, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. With Batman, make Batman a genius. You now have Blue Beetle. Yeah, because he makes all his own stuff. Right, yes, Bruce Wayne does it. Yes, we'll get his stuff built. <laughs> Bruce Wayne does it, and see the actor you're referring to before on from the blacklist is oh my god, I'm gonna say his name wrong. Diego yeah. uh, Klanentehoff. Wow. Yeah. He does not look like a Diego. First name's Diego. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 yeah. I forgot the right actor. Yeah. Then yes. Wow. Yeah, I just find him too. I just find him as well. Yeah. Could you? Can you not see him as as Ted Cord? Yes, I can. Mm-hmm. Yes, I can. He, he he's very reminiscent. He's he's very similar to me as uh, Alan Rickson, the guy who played Preacher. I'm uh, sorry, Reacher, right now on the Amazon show. Preacher. Yeah, the yeah. guy from Teen Titans. Yes, exactly. He played Hawk. Exactly. He he reminds me a little bit of him. So yeah, I could definitely see yeah. him playing uh, Blue Beetle. Yeah, but he doesn't have that. He doesn't have that like mean chiseled look. If you no, catch no. my drift. But I think the character has to have charm. That, He's got that's... the right chin to go under that hood with the goggles. If you catch my drift, I do. Like, you have you to see have him the smiling. Right be... You see him smiling, or just in a normal? Yeah, I I would I'm definitely really go sad for that it. we can't make it with Mason Fillion. Yeah. I know. See, we cast Nathan Fillion in one of our older shows as to be Corsair from the Starjammers. <laughs> oh! Yeah, that was that was one of the, the plots there that, yeah, yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. It's like, okay, yeah, I can see that. But, you know what, Larry, we're going to have to wrap this one up, but it was yeah. awesome. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much for joining us. And that is a serious piece of artwork you did right there. That is Very beautiful, cool. man. So look forward to me and you are going to hook up and, you know, when I yeah. have that in my hands, we okay, were going to raffle that off. Up. Yeah, we'll wrap it off to, you know, whatever fan and, um, and, and, and do it that way. So that sounds like a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on, guys. No problem. problem. My pleasure. We will definitely have you on again very soon. Cause I mean, we can talk about Captain Thunder, Captain Marvel. <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> for sure. But on that note, everybody, thank you once again for tuning into the Iconist podcast. Big round of applause to Larry Smith. Um, pleasure having you on here, Larry. You know, so on behalf of myself, Barry 3D, DJ Rod C, remember this whole world was created by a pencil, a piece of paper, and imagination. Keep 
on dreaming. Let's do it. Good night. Good, good night. <laughs>